<laughs> hey, I want to do something that I haven't done since before COVID. I, w- I want to preach from down here. Is that fair? Yeah, Matthew's like, wait, what? I used to always speak from down here on purpose, okay? Because when, when I'm up there, when the person's speaking from up there, I feel like, well, ooh, that's the expert. They know all the answers, and we should listen to them and everything they say. Whereas when I'm down here, I'm a co-learner with you. That makes sense? So I want to I speak from down here today. I'm going to try not to wander too far. I think we have our camera set up. So those watching online, if I wander off, uh, I will come back eventually. Um, <laughs> I had to stop by Fred Meyer this morning uh, at 7.15, and can you guess what type of decorations were out in front? Christmas. (laughs) For those of you who don't like when Christmas decorations start going up the day after Halloween, uh, and it it just rubs you raw when you start hearing Christmas, Christmas, Christmas before even Thanksgiving happens, um, you have permission to leave. Because you sometimes set up before even Halloween... Well, listen, I'm going to talk about Christmas today. I'm going to talk about gifts today. Is that fair? Yeah, you guys are like, whatever. We're sitting here. You have a microphone. Uh, who likes gifts? Go ahead and raise your hand. Anybody? Okay. Uh, oh, Aaron, I saw that. Hey, can I give you a gift? Come on up here. Okay. Uh, for those of you who know Aaron, um, I don't know if he likes Spider-Man. This was just the first gift. I, I wrapped this myself. Okay, there we go. Now, wait, be- before you open it, I want to say something, Okay. This gift I'm giving to you. Okay. It's yours. Wow. It's yours. It. Okay? It's yours, but it's not for you. Okay? okay? Right. It's yours, but it's not for you. Go ahead and open it. Nice. That's it? All right, they're yours. Sweet. You can take them. I'll be okay. <laughs> All right. You're welcome. You're welcome. Now, tell me, if you said something like that to your kid on December 24th or December 25th, how well would it go over? This gift is yours, but it's not for you. <laughs> it's not going to go over too well, will it? No, there's gonna, they're going to be confused. They're maybe a little bit upset, maybe even a little bit angry. Right? Every once in a while, not very often, but every once in a while, I'm, I'm fairly confident that God is giving us a specific message. Right? I don't ever want to be one of those false prophets that stand in the front and says, thus saith the Lord. But today, I think he has a pretty clear message for us. And the message is this. It's yours, but it's not for you. It's yours, but it's not for you. Intrigued? Confused? Willing to... Walk this down a little bit with me. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this group of people that is willing to explore your word, that is willing to dive deeply, that is willing to wrestle. Thank you for this group of people that is willing to trust me as I open scripture and share what I think you have laid on on my heart to share with this group. I pray, Lord, that we would hear what you have to, to say to us this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so today, November 7th, is the first day of the last two-week series in our year-long catechumenate series. That makes sense? That was a long sentence. Today is the beginning of a two-week sermon series, which will be the last in our catechumenate series. 
A catechumenate, for those who haven't been here, or for those who haven't been paying attention since February, <laughs> means the basics of our faith. It's a study in the basics of our faith. And we have been looking at different basics, different fundamentals, two weeks at a time since February. So today we start the last two-week series in year one, and we're going to look at the church. The church. Now I realize that looking at the church could take two months. It could take two years. And we're just going to take two weeks and barely scratch the surface, but the surface that we are going to scratch is going to be important. It's going to be good for us to know and to understand. Our text for today is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have a Bible, go ahead and grab it. If you have a phone and you have your Bible app, you can do that. If you have the church app, it's linked in there. However you want to get to it, find 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is a part of a letter that a guy named Paul, one of the greatest missionaries to ever live, he wrote to a church or to a group of people in the city of Corinth. They were a new group of believers trying to figure out what it meant to follow Jesus. They were a ragtag bunch of people, mismatched, and uh, they had hiccups and hang-ups in their church that we have today, that many churches have today. Now, 1 Corinthians 12 is the first chapter in a three-chapter section 12, 13, and 14, where the Apostle Paul is addressing some questions that that church had, some misunderstandings and misapplications. Ultimately, the main point that Paul addresses is this, because he's talking about gifts. He says, gifts are yours, but they're not for you. Gifts are yours, but they're not for you. All right, for those who don't have a Bible, who haven't found it yet, or for those who want to hear a different voice, I've asked McCade to read this entire chapter. It's 31 verses long. He's going to read it right where he's at, so our online audience will hear him loud and clear, and you guys can follow along in your Bibles. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 31. You good, McCade? No? It's a, McCade feels like I do every single morning. He's just a little bit nervous. You good? Go for it, buddy. You got it. No, do you really? No. Okay. <clears throat> you all right? Want me to jump in? I'll jump in. That's fine. But you know what? I got a gift for you anyways. There you go. Don't open it now because somebody else might like it. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 31. Paul writes, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities that the Spirit gives, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and were swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but, the, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives the message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit, and still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. 
while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Verse 12, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptized into the one body by one spirit, and we all share that same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that make it any less of a part of the body? And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Someone say amen. 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 Tells me you're still listening, and it tells you that I made you say amen. Uh, where are we at? Sorry. <laughs> Verse 20. <laughs> yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most important. And the parts which we regard as less honorable are those which we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care be given to those parts that have less dignity. These make, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, then those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not, Paul says. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now, let me show you a way that is best of all. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's pretty straightforward, all right? So I'm not going to make it harder than it needs to be. This Corinthian church, this new set of believers, are wrestling with what they do or how they understand gifts. The Greek word is charisma, okay? Uh, gifts, and they have some questions about spiritual gifts, and these questions made it to Paul. You see it in verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about special abilities the Spirit gives, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Their misunderstanding was this. They felt, because they had lived in a world where this was true, that there was certain gifts that were more valuable than other gifts, which made certain people more valuable than other people. All right, this is understandable if you were to take just like verse 31 out of context. Paul says, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Oh, that means some are more helpful and others are less helpful. So some are better than the others and less are less better. It could be confusing if we just took that verse. But Paul is saying, I don't want you to be confused. I don't want you to misunderstand. He says, there's not a hierarchy of gifts. 
There's not some that are really, really good and others that are less good. He doesn't say, it says there's not a hierarchy of people. Some that are better and others that are less better. Paul says, let's not beat around the bush. He says this, knock it off, guys. This is not the way God gives gifts. The four things you can pick out of this. One, he says, you should look at the gift giver. Two, you should look at the fact that everybody gets a gift. Three, you should remember the fact that we're part of something bigger than just our individual selves. And four, and if you remember nothing else, four, it's yours, but it's not for you. You're going to get that by the end of this. It's yours, but it's not for you. I know the studies. Studies say that only 5% of what I say you'll remember by the time you make it to your car. Okay? We're going to talk about all four points. I don't expect you to, to remember all four points. Just pick one of these and remember it. Okay? Put it into practice. First is this. Paul says to the, to the Corinthian church, remember who the gift giver is. Let that be your focus. Somebody tell me, how many days out from Christmas are we? Anybody? 48. Thank you. You are absolutely right. 48. Now, when you give gifts, you give it purposely, right? Intentionally, the person you're giving it to, you are thoughtful about that. It's not just some, uh, well, it's not like who's the younger, Willie's younger brother on Duck Dynasty who just buys whatever he finds at Walmart. Not like that. Okay? You're purposeful. My wife is a phenomenal gift giver, a fantastic gift giver, okay? She knows exactly what each of the boys in her house wants, Sam, JJ, and myself. She knows what we need, what we'll use, and she gives it to us. Now, she's kind enough when Sam and JJ open their gifts to say, boys, these are from your dad and I. <laughs> the boys know that's not true. They know the genius behind a gift is Abby because she is a good gift giver. So it may be that they open gifts and they're like, I didn't get the same thing as him. But that's because Abby knows them and knows what they need, knows what they want, knows what they will use. The same gift giver gave them both gifts. Paul says this, verses 4 to 6, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There's different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. If one of my boys, or me, looks at one of the other gifts kind of jealously, Abby needs to remind us, hey, who knows you better than anybody else? You do. Am I going to give you something that you don't need? No. Do you remember that green jacket that you didn't ask for that I got you like eight years ago? Yeah. What's your favorite jacket? It's the green jacket. <laughs> Paul's doing the exact same thing here. He's saying, come on, guys, don't, don't worry about the gifts. Look at the gift giver. Focus on the gift giver. And if that's not enough, he says, look, everybody gets one. We all get at least one. Verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. That means, Tommy, you get one. That means, McCain, you get one. That means, John, you get one. Heidi, that means God's given you like four. We all get at least one, all right? Paul says it's given specifically to you because God knows you. He knows what you need. He knows where your strengths are. He knows how you will be able to be most effective using that specific gift or gifts. You're not limited to just one. Okay? And then Paul goes on to, to give a list of lists. This is not an exhaustive list, but it's a list. He says gifts are like wise advice, special knowledge, faith, healing, uh, miracle performer, the ability to prophesy. And, and that, when he says that, he means just the ability to speak truth as to what's going on right now. All right? 
the ability for discernment for situations that are unclear, the ability to, to speak unknown languages and then to interpret those languages. Paul goes on a little bit later in verses 28 to 31 to give a few more gifts, gifts like apostles, apostleship. Um, these are innovators, church planters, creatives, prophets, teachers, teachers who can communicate hard truths in simple, understandable ways. Uh, miracles, healing, speaking unknown languages, helping others, leadership. These are not the only place Paul lists lists of gifts. He does so in a letter to the church in Ephesus, to the church in Rome. He, he does the same, and they're, they're all slightly different, though there's some overlap. Paul says the gift itself doesn't matter. The fact that you each get one is what matters. God's given it to you, and it's specifically tailored for you. Even, I like this because Paul gets sarcastic. You know, we think of these people that we read in the Bible like Moses and Jeremiah and Joshua and Paul as like stuffy church pastors that wear ties with their blue shirts, okay? We think of them as kind of like that, all right? But Paul uses sarcasm in here. He's like, hey, is everybody an apostle? This is verse 29 to 30. Is everybody a teacher? Does everybody have the ability to, to, to speak in foreign languages, right? He just, the obvious answer is no, right? But he just lists them off. Are we all that? Are we? He's, he's making a point to people who are a little bit confused that there are better gifts than others. He comes back to this second part of verse 11. He says, he alone, God alone decides which gift each person should have. Which gift? I'll be the first to tell you I'm a terrible person to shop for. Abby would be the second person to affirm that. All the rest of my family would be the third, fourth, fifth, and, and beyond. Um, it is not, well, I know what I like. <laughs> I know exactly what I like, what size, what style, what shape. Uh, I don't want anything else. I'm, I'm not above buying a gift, taking a picture, sending it to somebody who may be giving me a gift and saying, look at what you just got me. I love it. How did you know? I may or may not have already done that once this season. <laughs> Thank you to whatever family member got me that one gift. You know what I'm talking about. That's me getting in the way. We could say to God, God, I want the ability to prophesy. I want the ability to teach. You know, we can pray for those gifts. We can even develop them if they're not strengthening us. But God knows exactly what we need. You would have asked me when I was uh, 19 years old if I would ever speak in front of people, and I would have had the same response as McCade. Absolutely not. Terrified. Never going to do it. But somehow God gave me the ability to teach. It's one of my top three gifts. And I think that I have it. You guys are still here, so maybe. All right? So Paul's saying, God will give you the gift that's exactly right for you. I already mentioned the green coat that Abby gave me perfect gift for me. Still wear it, still love it. One other time, not just one other time, I've liked all the gifts that people have given me. So if you've ever given me a gift, thank you. I loved it. It was exactly what I wanted. How did you know? But there was another time somebody gave me a gift that just nailed it. All right. Right here. Look at this thing. 
This gift was given to me by Zach Rose. Some of you remember him. He was a, uh, he was a ministerial candidate for us for a while. And we got together enough times. We hung out enough. We did enough life together to where he knew. I grew up in Montana, and I worked with cattle branding, which meant I worked with uh, cows with horns, right? And he also knew I loved bikes. He found this at a garage sale I would have never thought of asking for something like this. But the day he brought it in, oh. This hangs above the door in my office. I see it every day, and I am thankful that he knew me well enough to give me a gift that I would love. Paul writes to the church in Corinth and says, there's not a hierarchy of gifts. God's going to give every single one of us one of them at least, and he knows exactly which one he wants for you. Look at the gift giver. Look at the gift he's given you. And then Paul says, you know what, there's a third thing. You're a small part in a greater whole. You're a piece of a puzzle. You're a brush stroke in a painting, and every single stroke, every single piece is important. He starts the, uh, the analogy of the body off with this. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Verse 27, all of us together are Christ's body, and each of you is part of it. We're all together part of Christ's body, and you're each part of it. Hierarchy, schmierarchy. I think Paul said that. It was Greek for baloney. Okay? Hierarchy, schmierarchy. You're part of something bigger. You're part of something more than just you. And then he goes on for this, this fantastic analogy of the human body. Right? I'm not going to read the whole thing because I already did. All right? But he says, you know, the eye won't say to the hand, I don't need you. The ear won't say to the mouth, you're not important. You don't realize how important your pinky toe is until you're walking through your living room in the middle of the dark and you stub it, right? What's more important than your eyes or your toe? You don't realize how important the tip of your middle finger is until you're trying to open a can of soda without it. It's impossible. You guys are laughing. I grieve over that. Each part of the body, Paul says, is important and you're each part of it. I was in seminary uh, about a decade ago, and we were given a, a break in a night class. And so all these smart seminary, like theologian type people that were in the classroom started going out. And, you know, we got drinks and went and talked to other people in the hallways. And, and then everybody came back, and I found myself the last person in the hallway, and I saw the custodian. I'm going to say hi. I've seen this guy around. So I did. I said hi. I asked him his name. asked him his story. Interesting guy right? Owned like three different businesses. One of them was a cleaning business, and he had three of the major buildings in Portland that he oversaw. Just fascinating. So I, I went back into the class, and there was a couple of my classmates that were like, hey, where were you? Talking to someone. Were you talking to, to, to the chair of the department? No. Talking to the dean of the divinity school? No. Well, who could you be talking to that was that important? Talking to the custodian. I asked him, what's his name? Nobody in the class knew. What's the story? Nobody in the class knew. And up until about two minutes before then, I didn't either. All right, so this is a group of people in that building that are probably thinking to themselves, we're going to be the pastors and preachers and teachers of the future. We're going to grow the kingdom. We are important. And yet our seminary experience was top-notch because this guy made sure that every day the building was clean. And if he didn't, the gifts that God has given him, we would have been affected. A small part, but a vital part. 
an absolutely vital part in this thing called George Fox Seminary. Paul is saying the same thing. Every single one of us is a part of a greater picture. I mean, verse 20, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you are part of it. Paul says, Don't, it's not the hierarchy thing that you're thinking of. Let me make sure you're not misunderstanding these gifts. Look at the gift giver. Look at the fact that every single one of you has been given a gift. Look at the fact that you're part of something bigger. And if you remember nothing else from today, remember this. The gift is yours, but it's not for you. The gift is yours, but it's not for you. Aaron, those cookies, they're yours. And Hannah has like some crumbs on her face. I can see it under her. (laughs) They're not for you. There is a beautiful word in this chapter, in the Greek, and I want you to listen to it in the English, okay? Verse 7, the verse reads, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Or in the English Standard Version, I think we have it up there. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So we can help each other, or for the common good, is the Greek word sumphero. Say that with me. Sumphero. Sumphero. It means to bear together, to bring together, to carry with others, to collect or contribute in order to help, to be profitable for the group. For the group, Paul says this gift is yours, but it's not for you. It's for the common good. It's meant to help you and others carry what needs to be carried in the church and outside of the church. It's a simple word, but it it packs a punch. Sumphero. How many of you have ever done uh, whitewater rafting? Okay, a couple of you. Several of you, yeah. A few years back, our youth group went uh, multiple years in a row down the, the Spokane River with Peak 7. And uh, they would outfit us with helmets, and they'd outfit us with wetsuits, and then they'd give, us, they'd give us our paddle, and then they'd tell us, just hold on to it. And they gave us the safety talk and all that. And then they'd explain to us that this paddle was very important. Now, you're going to have to work together as a team, and no paddle is more important than the other paddle. The one in the back wasn't more important than the one in the front that was, you know, telling us when to, to pull. And they would tell us, look, your paddle may be the difference between going through bowling pitcher uh, upright or swimming. We experienced that once. I don't remember whose paddle wasn't there. Okay? But it doesn't matter whose paddle is in the boat. We're all aiming the same direction. We want to know God. We want to make God know. We want, to, we, want to, we want to be the hands and feet of Christ. We want to be church for our neighbor. We're all in this boat paddling together, and every paddle matters. The gifts that God has given you, they're yours, but they're not, say it with me, for you. Paul was adamant about this. Two chapters later in verse 14, or chapter 14, verse 12, he said, Since you're so eager to have the special abilities that the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. Verse 26, same chapter. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. Maybe Paul talked to Peter, who spent a lot of time with Jesus. Peter, in one of his letters, wrote this. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them to serve each other well. These gifts are yours, but they're not for you. All right, what does this look like, practically played out for us in everyday life? 
Let's think back BC, okay, before COVID. Um, I think it's a laugh every single time. Heidi's chuckling because it's like the courtesy laugh. <laughs> think back before COVID, we had a, a summer ministry called Grilling the Chillin'. You guys remember that? All right, we would, we, would, uh, we, would, we would put up a sign out there, and we would uh, do a neighborhood picnic with yard games, no charge, and we did it for several years in a row. It got better every single year, and the community loved it. And we could not have done that without the specific gifts and talents and skills and passions of everybody that was involved. Alex and Andy came early and set up chairs and took down chairs at the end. Tim came early with his playlist and set up the speakers, plugged them into the right wires, which I don't have that gift set, so I'm thankful that Tim does, so we could have music, all right? Cindy and Patty and Jeremy and Abby would look for people who were new and, and make them feel welcomed. The small groups would make sure whatever small group it was that week, that the food was ready, that it was prepared, that, that the place was clean. Heather in the office would communicate when the neighbors called in and said, we missed last week. What's the theme this week? Oh, it's chili. Bring your best chili. We couldn't have done that night without every single person. And I still, to this day, uh, the fact is about two months ago, I was at Whitworth and somebody came up to me. We started chatting. They're like, are you the hot dog church? (laughs) The one that grills and chills? That's what we're known for. We couldn't have done that without everybody. So every single one of your gifts is important. And it's important not just for you, but for assume Pharaoh, for the common good. For the common good. Not just of those in here, but of those outside our walls as well. So I told you this text was pretty straightforward. It's not rocket science. It's not brain surgery. Um, how do we apply this? Here's the simple part. Figure out your gift and use it. For the good of the community. That's the simple part. All right? Now, let me go just as simple, but I'll actually give you some practical hands-on. You got a little card, that little nomination card. Some people are gifted in leadership. All right? If you know who those people are, write their names down. All right? This week, though, we're not going to ask you to sign up for anything today. You guys are like, oh, phew. They're always asking us to sign up for stuff. We're not going to ask you to sign up for anything next week. But listen, next week... What we'd like you to do in between this week and next week is to take a spiritual gifts test. Some of you have taken them before, all right? Some of you have taken them so many times you could tell me what your gifts are. And some of you are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, it's kind of like a career counseling thing. You go to the, you know, a, a senior in high school, you go to the counselor and they have you take a test and they're like, you would bake a grip. I would I always made a good lunchroom cook every single time. That's what it said for me. I've missed my calling, I tell you. Um, But on the back of this, or the front of this, whichever you turn over first, is a website where it's a giftstest.com. Really, really simple. And Hannah has done a great job of laying this out step by step. If you don't have a computer, um, we will have tablets, which are not made of paper, but tablets like computer tablets that you can take them before next Sunday service, or we have paper copies available also. Uh, for those that are watching online, we will have a link to this on our, on our resources page, or you can email the church and get this. But we would love for you to take this and bring it back next week with your top five spiritual gifts written down. We are not going to strong-arm you into serving in an area that you don't want to serve. And we're not even going to strong-arm you into serving. But after today, I'm hoping that we're at least thinking, well, it's mine, but it's not for me. These are fascinating. 
All right, I came, uh, I got four out of the five that I've, that, that I came up with are the same that I've had for many, many years. And one was a newer one, which was really neat to be able to see. Now, on the back side of this, there are explanations of our team of teams. For those who don't know what this is, also before COVID, we have our, our, our board of directors and our, and our pastor's cabinet. And at the board of directors level, each board person oversees a specific area of ministry, like worship or missional outreach or finances or discipleship. We've got, I think, seven different uh, areas that they oversee. And before COVID, we had seven different teams that was working with that lead person to help facilitate those areas in our church. That COVID kind of derailed it, so we're going to try and put it back on the rails. So as you do this, this week, something very practical, figure out your gifts, See if you agree with those gifts or not. It's fine if you don't. There'll be explanations of what those gifts are on your sheet that you'll have. And then look in on the back and see, is there any areas that I would fit? Does that make sense? Um, if you are worried about sitting there talking with other people, uh, we're going to be around tables, like around round tables, and I'll, I'll bribe you. <laughs> Krispy Kreme donuts, orange juice, and coffee will be at each table. Somebody say, ooh, is that not enough? That's too sweet? All right, we'll also have half a banana at each table for those who don't. Well, I'm sorry, banana halves, not half a banana. <laughs> we'll have something healthy too. All right, we'll be around tables. This will be fun. This will be a great way to get to know some new people, to get to know some of their gifts, their strengths, and to figure out how and where and why we can use these gifts. All right, pretty straightforward. These gifts are ours, but they're not for us. They're ours, but they're not for us. Aaron, those cookies are yours, but they're not. So what are you going to do with them? With who? For those watching online, I'm sorry you're missing out. Aaron wants to, he wants to share these cookies with everyone. He had four packages. He's down to three now. Wiping the crumbs off his face. There should still be plenty for everybody as you're leaving. And as you are leaving, also, I want to make sure I got somebody who can help hand these out. Cindy? Cindy will stand by the door before you guys are leaving and hand these out on her way. Aaron, thanks for being willing to share your gift. Um, you guys, thank you for being willing to sit and listen. I want to invite up, I want to invite up our worship team to come back, Emily and Tom and Jeremy. They're going to lead us in one more song, and then I'll come up and give a benediction. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you've given each one of us specific gifts. I'm thankful for the ways you've hardwired me. Even though over the years I've pushed back against those at times, um, when I'm using the gifts you've given me is when I'm fully alive. And I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you that within this church we have exactly who we need and the right gift set to be the church, not just for us on Sunday mornings from 9.30 to 11, but for our neighbors as well. Lord, I ask that you would, this week as we're taking this spiritual gifts test, this inventory, that you would reveal to us new things and share with us ways that we can use these gifts, Lord, for our church body, but also for those that we run across throughout the rest of the week. Lord, help us to be church for our neighbors, even with our gifts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.